This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Nice to have you along with days before the deadline to file your taxes. We want to know, are you finished or are you putting it off to the last minute? There are the procrastinators out there. And are you making the most out of your return? Caroline Batista is the senior tax analyst with H&R Block, and she joins us now to discuss how to make the most out of your return. She'll also take your calls at 416-360-074. 1-866-744-740. Caroline, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So, so tell us, let's qualify the deadline, first of all. It's end of day on Monday, like a week from today. Yes, the deadline is May 2nd, although I encourage people to keep their eye on April 30th. Well, sure. I mean, it's only a deadline, and that's the thing, too, to not pay interest on any balance you owe to Revenue Canada, just to get that straight. Yes, exactly. That is that is correct. And also um, to make sure if you file on time, even if you like some people will say, well, I know I owe tax and I can't pay it right now. uh, So I'm not going to file. But it's still you must file on time because then you can avoid what's called the late filing penalty and Mm -hmm. interest. Right. So so many reasons. May 2nd. So what is that? Is that a five percent, an additional five percent if you are a late filer and you owe money? Yes, correct. An additional 5%, then plus some interest on that Okay. up until the time you file. So, so filing on time really is important for all those reasons, right? So if you owe money, you can avoid that penalty. If you're getting a refund, you're getting your money back, and it is your money. <laughs> and the third reason is, if you're getting government benefits of any sort or provincial benefits, many of those benefits are based on your tax filing. So if you want them to continue uninterrupted, it's important to keep filing regularly. Now, for our audience, we're, we're speaking to an older crowd, 45-plus Zoomers. We've all been doing taxes, either having an accountant do them for us or doing them ourselves for many, many decades. When is it advisable to do your own taxes, to actually sit down, print it out, fill it in with a, with a pencil, or do it online with a program? Well, I think if you're someone who's comfortable with numbers and confident, then you could do it yourself, right? The most important thing is that you go through and that you either the program asks you questions or the person you're seeing asks you questions and sort of walks you through the year to make sure you're not missing any credits or deductions. Yes. Will you always always save money if you have a professional do your taxes? Well, I think it's important to to know what's under. There's a lot of credits that are sort of what I would call a large umbrella. Mm-hmm. So for medical expenses, for example. So many times people will come in and, you know, I say, do you have any medical expenses? No, not enough to count. Right. And then I say, well, uh, did you travel last year? Because travel, if you pay for travel medical insurance, that would count. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, so, so, so things like that, learning what's under the larger umbrellas, I think is really important for people. So in a year of major change if you've retired or you know uh, bought a home these type of things 
right? I think it's good to talk to someone and just talk your way through and see how that would affect you. Free tax advice here on Fight Back with Libby Snymer. I'm Jane Brown. 416-360-0740. 1-866-740-4740. Lily from Toronto, go ahead. Hello. Hi. Go ahead with your question for Caroline. Um, I have a situation where too much money was withdrawn from my RIF. The error was corrected in March, and then I was given what they call an offset receipt, and it's supposed to go on line 232 of your tax return. What exactly is an offset receipt? For, for people that took too much money out of their RIFs, because because the amount was lowered this year, I believe is what you're referring to. They lowered the the well, minimum withdrawal. Some people had case. taken out gave, too much. They were supposed to take the lower amount. Instead, they took the higher amount, and it wasn't really tracked down till March. So they did correct it just lately. So yeah, so the government's allowing you to put money back in to, into your RIF with no penalty. I don't know. All I got was an offset receipt, and they said put it on line two thirty two of your tax return, and I, with no explanation. So perhaps mm. you can assist in, uh, in telling me what, the, what this is all about. And, and help uh, the rest of our audience here, too, as well, Caroline, uh, in layman's terms, uh, what Lily is asking. Uh, well, what happened this year was they lowered the minimum withdrawal for the, for the RIF payments. And so people that take out sort of the majority at the beginning of the year were given the opportunity to put money to put the money back in without any penalty for having taken it out. Yeah, but so that money did have to go back in by the end of February. So I'm thinking that this sounds like more of a, uh, a specific scenario. Is that correct? It's correct. The mistake was made by the institution. They took too much out instead of the uh, required amount that they were instructed to do. Right. So if they, I must say, if, they di- if it didn't get back in on time, this would be the first time I've sort of talked about that problem. Oh, because, uh, because it's, a, it's a brand new scenario, right? Exactly. It's, it's not something that we've had if it didn't get back in on time. They're telling you to put the money where, did you say? Oh, sorry, I let her go. Oh, <laughs> Okay, no, I was just going to try. So that really is, that is a very, um, that's a uh, individual case. Okay. Absolutely. And I would hate to sort of say something quickly. Exactly. Um, and, and really that's, uh, you know, we'll get your, um, your phone number and your email address at the end. And anybody with specific questions can get in touch with you on their own time. Let's talk about what Zoomers, you know, what kinds of write-offs older Canadians may be entitled to, uh, what they might not be expecting. You mentioned medical expenses. Give us some other examples. Yeah, so uh, well, so for medical expenses, that's the one big umbrella. The other thing that, you know, under there, what surprises people always is things like, like the travel medical I mentioned, hearing aid batteries. Um, quite often people don't know they can claim, if you pay for extended health benefits, you can claim those payments. Mm-hmm. As well as you can claim, let's say I paid, you know, $100 to my dentist and got 80 back. That's yes. $20 I could also claim as a medical expense. Oh, okay. Above and beyond what your uh, insurance at work pays for. Yeah, so really sort of anything I'm out of pocket. But then you have to be making under a certain amount to be able to claim those types of expenses too, right? Well, your expenses need to be over uh, sort of 3% of your net income or around $2,000, whichever comes first. 
But one important thing for people to know with any non-refundable credit, so whether you're talking medical expenses or, you know, maybe you give up your car and you're riding the bus now, you know, monthly bus passes, with those non-refundable credits, it's important to know that they only go against taxes that you owe. Right. Right? So quite often I'll hear people say, oh, you know, they go on the lower income spouse's return. I know that. And I'll say, well, absolutely, that's the better choice. But if your lower income spouse doesn't need any credits, then they're wasted there. Right. Because you have to, I mean, and we're speaking specifically to people who aren't working anymore, you have to make over $10,000 a year in order to claim any expenses. Or, yeah, once you're over the basic personal amount, and the, if you're getting pension income, the pension income amount, all of those things. So, no, it's important that, you underst- that people understand what a non-refundable credit is. So that said, something like charitable donations, Mm -hmm. you can save those slips up. Most credits are only related to the year they're in. But with charitable donations, you can save them up for five years and combine them. Okay. And with that, you get more to serve bang for your buck. You get, federally, you get 15% credit on the first 200 and 29 after that, right? So anything over $200, you get back quite a bit of your money on your taxes. And so what's the difference between saving it up for five years and taking them piecemeal over each year of five years? Well, if I did them piecemeal, say you do $100 a year, so at 15%, you're going to get $15 off your taxes five years in a row. Yes. Right? Whereas if you save them up and just do them once, you'll get 15% on the first 200 but after that, you're getting 29%. Gotcha. Okay, that's that's an important uh, distinction. 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Donna and Lindsay, you have a question? Yes. Um, I just found out this year about this disability tax credit certificate. Right. And I had no idea that that was available until I saw it in a small newspaper. And um, I don't understand. Is that something new? It's not new, but it's a it's a big credit, and it's good that you now are are aware of it. Um, did you get the form? There's a form that you get. Yes, I've got. The and form. your doctor fills it out. Right. And then it sends, you send it to the CRA. And based on what the physician puts on the form, you'll get a letter from the CRA and they'll say, you qualify for the disability tax credit for, you know, uh, 2007 onwards or, you know, depending on how the form is filled out. Well, and then you can I have a lot of expense. Pardon? I have a lot of expenses for that. But the other thing I wanted to mention is it costs. For the man that does my taxes, he charged me more money for getting this form for me. I have to take it to the doctor, and it's going to cost $65 for the doctor to fill it out. Oh, yes, because it's um, something above and beyond a normal visit. And, you know, in the United States, which I appreciate is different than up here, the money that you have to spend to have your taxes done is a tax deduction the following year. Well, it's the same here, too, isn't it, Caroline? It depends on what type of income you have. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, give us the scenarios when you can write it off and when you can't. If you have business income, um, if you have uh, capital ga- realized capital gains and losses, yes. But if it's a straightforward personal return with flips only, no. Okay. Uh, let's talk about um, when would you deal with something like estate taxes? Because this is a, a commonality amongst many Zoomers. Are, are you dealing with that on your tax return? Uh, well, what ha- uh, in the year that someone passes away, they need to file a final return. Yes. And so whether or not you need to file an actual estate return, that would be called a T3, mm-hmm. uh, that depends on whether or not anything, in many cases, everything rolls to the surviving spouse. Yes. Right. So there is no need for a separate estate return. So that's something you need to look at on an individual basis. Right. Once you filed the final return. Okay, so this is something that you are being advised of right after somebody, a loved one dies. Yes. And then once the if there is if an estate is created, then it would need to file an estate return. So that's on an individual basis. But an important thing for people to watch for in that in that scenario is if you have been if you have been splitting your pension income, mm-hmm. uh, you can split it in the final year. But that following year, the entire tax burden will fall to, to the surviving spouse. And that quite often is a shock for people if they're not ready for it, like if they haven't sort of been warned about it the, on the prior year. Right. And there's no way around that. No, there's no way okay. around that. But also people did the other rumor that's out there this year is that pension income splitting has disappeared. And that's absolutely not true. We need to get the word out there. Pension income splitting, when, when we heard, you know, through the news through the past year that income splitting was being taken away, that was referring to what's called the family tax cut. So it's important for people with children to know that the family tax cut was there for 2014 and 2015. You can still claim it this year, but by the following year, it is gone. Okay, that's good to know. We're going to Lorraine in Toronto. You have a question for Caroline Batista of H&R Block. Go ahead. Yes, I, I opened a small business in 2013, and um, I want to file my tax, and they told me that I can't file the tax this month. I have to wait for next month to file it. Is it true? No, I don't know why you would have to wait. Oh, because I mean, it me. is true with if someone is self-employed, uh-huh. they yeah, have until June 15th to file. Okay. So someone with self-employed income, you can file June 15th. The deadline is different, but you need to know if you owe taxes, they will start charging interest at the regular deadline. Well, I wouldn't know because she didn't do the taxes. She told me to come back. Well, I went this month and she said come back next two weeks, So, which means is... Uh, May, May month. Yes, no, I, I don't know why, why someone would, would say you couldn't file, because if they're from 2013, you can file any time. No, no, it's um, for last year, but it's a for small business. Yes, okay, so, so possibly they're looking at, yes, the, as I said, the June 15th deadline for self-employed, but okay. you just need to know if you don't file by, the deadline, by May the 2nd and you owe taxes, you'll be mm-hmm. paying interest from that point on. Okay. So it so sounds like... Tell even my self-employed people, it's, everybody keep your yeah. eye on April 30th. Well, <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, if you can, if, if there's no reason to put off doing it, do it so that you don't have to owe the money, right? Or the interest on the money. Yes, exactly. That's the key. Uh, Caroline Batista, we just have a, a moment or two left here. Um, anybody has any questions for you, feel free to give out your number, your email address. 
Yes, well, and we've got lots of answers on our website, www.hrblock.ca. Okay. We also welcome people to stop in at an office and ask a question if people have questions. And in, and terms, I, and in terms of the basic cost to, ha- to have your taxes done by a professional, because that, that, be, that will be a bit overwhelming for people on a fixed income. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't say for sure. I mean, I, you know, you, they start, I've seen them start at all price ranges. Okay. But, so you know, so shop around. I do know at our office, you can come in, sit down, we'll go through a thorough interview, and then we'll give you a price, we'll stand behind and you're free to, if, if you don't, if you can't deal with it at that point, you're, there's no obligation to stay. Okay, we really appreciate your free advice today, Caroline. All the best this week. I hope you get, uh, well, you won't get much sleep this week, but maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. Have a good day. Okay, thanks for joining us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.